0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? Welcome to a mini episode of Atlanta's own Atlanta sports podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are doing a crossover episode with uh, the Eagles podcast and Birds Banter to preview week one of the NFL season for the Falcons, which opens up this Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, Matt Loopy, who is the host of that show, was kind enough to come on with us and do a little crossover show. And uh, we really got, wanted to do this to get some insight on the Eagles, what you know their fan expectations are, and how we match up with them going into this game. Hope you enjoy it. If you're wondering, well, where the hell is the normal Atlanta Zone episode? It's up there. Look for it. You, you, just, you just missed it. This is released like the day after our, our normal episode, which does a full Falcon season preview and also dives into a lot of things going on with the Braves. So this is going to be the new normal. We're going to try to make sure we do our normal episode. And then a, uh, a preview of pretty much each game for the Falcons during the NFL season. So hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, so Eagles and Falcons Week One um, open up the 2021 season, and. Um, Two very interesting teams. So, Graham, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording here. They're um, a little bit in the same situation, new head coach, um, kind of entering a rebuild for both teams. Um, but there's some upside both on offense and defense for both teams, in my opinion. For the Eagles side, um, you know, you're entering a, a new era with a new head coach, new quarterback, hopefully uh, be the franchise quarterback that people expect Carson Wentz to be, and that's Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts is an exciting dual threat quarterback and I think this is the year that he's going to try to prove some people wrong because back in um, 2020 when he was drafted it got a lot of um, a lot of backlash from Eagles fans especially because Eagles had Carson Wentz and they spent a second round draft pick on a quarterback and a pretty good one too. Um, There's a lot of confusion as to why this happened and then now looking back um, it might have saved the Eagles if Carson Wentz was going to have that regression that we saw in 2020. And then Jalen Hurts comes in and showed some promise in four and a half football games. Now, because of that, he is a starter and um, really a revamped offense. Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, line up at wide receiver. And, um, you know, third year running back Miles Sanders uh, out of the backfield. So really looking forward to these younger players um, finally getting some meaningful snaps and a new head coach at the helm.
0: Yeah, we're in a similar position. Obviously, like you mentioned, with Arthur Smith coming in from Tennessee, who uh, he, he was their offensive coordinator for years, um, produced one of the best offenses in the league over the last couple of seasons with Derrick Henry, and turned Ryan Tannehill into a damn franchise quarterback. It, it appears uh, so. We're really excited to see what he does with our offense. Um, our defense is definitely going through a lot of uh, a lot of growing pains. I would say on the defensive line and in the secondary. We have a completely new safety tandem. We have uh, some inexperienced cornerbacks as well, um, but we also have Grady Jarrett, who we love. We we compare Grady Jarrett and Fletcher Cox all the time, you know, as as some of the best uh, defensive linemen in the in the game, particularly at defensive tackle. And uh, what we're kind of looking for in this game, I think, is is really just like the head coaches are both offensive minded guys. I remember when Sirianni was was announced as the Eagles' head coach. Uh, Seem to have an awkward press conference a little bit as, and I remember the Philly media from what I heard. We have a friend, uh, John Galvin, who we'll will call it on the show, who's coming on our show a couple of times, uh, who's huge Philly fan of of all Philly uh, sports, and he was not uh, very excited about Sirianni when we first when he was first hired. What, what's the perception like of him right now in in Philly? Yeah, so it's been up
1: and down for sure. Um, I remember that first press conference and. He was stuttering, did not seem confident, and the media just ate him alive. I mean, the questions, obviously, uh, that was the first time the Eagles spoke to the media in months, and that was the first time since Carson Wentz was traded um, and all of that. So all the questions were, um, or it might have been before the Carson Wentz trade, but all the questions were about who's going to be the quarterback, what are you going to do? And he just didn't know what to do, and it's it's difficult for anyone to step into Philly media, but, um, I mean, he just did not handle it well, and I think – what a lot of people need to understand was he's there to be the coach. He's not there to be a good public speaker. I mean, obviously that helps when you're speaking to the team, but over the past couple of months, more press conferences, he seems much more comfortable. And um, the thing that I think stands out to him is going through the draft process. There was the stories that came out. I'm not sure if you guys heard about it, but um, they were on Zoom calls like we are right now with players. And Sirianni would be playing rock, paper, scissors with them and try to figure out how competitive they were. And at first, people are like, "What is this guy doing?" Because you see the press conference, you hear about him playing games over Zoom. Like, he doesn't sound like head coach, um, but there you could see a glimpse of his competitive nature. And then now, recently, a couple of weeks ago, when the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew, um, he brought up a story about Sirianni meeting with him when he was with the Colts. Um, Gardner Minshew's pre draft process, and he went to Indianapolis, and they started playing pickup basketball and. It was getting pretty competitive. Minshew actually took his shirt off, and, um, you know, Sirianni beat him in the game of pickup basketball. And it's little things (laughs) like that that show um, that he's bringing some youth to this team. He's bringing some competitive nature. And from what I've heard um, in training camp and preseason, um, you know, the team just looks super competitive. And uh, the younger players are, you know, showing that they want to be there. And it looked like last year they just dreaded being on the field every single snap. So – Um, I think he brings a little bit more to the table than Peterson does, um, in the competitive sense, but I mean, we haven't played a game yet, so can't get too, uh, too excited over what we haven't seen yet.
0: Right. Did you, did you get a good sense of, of how they looked in preseason, like the starters?
1: Yeah. So, um, the first week against the Steelers, um, Jalen Hurts played two drives. The stats weren't great, but, um, there were some drop balls and everything, so, Um, I think he showed what he needed to show, that he could handle being the starter. He was pretty accurate and um, could, you know, show his mobility. Uh, Week two against the Patriots, they didn't put a point on the board, um, but they did pull their starters pretty quickly. Jalen Hurts didn't even play that game because he was uh, ill. And then against the Jets, they didn't play much at all either. It was mostly Joe Flacco and the backups in. So um, didn't get too much of the starters in, um, but we did get to see Devontae Smith, which was very exciting. And he showed off his uh, nice route running ability. So, um, yeah, that was exciting. Um, what about you guys? I know you guys are probably excited about Kyle Pitts there, um, a player that I really wanted to get to Philly, but uh, obviously with some trades that – and he just went earlier than some people expected, so didn't end up happening.
2: Yeah, we're, we're really excited about Pitts, but it's it's kind of – we're at the point where it's, it's tough to – it's tough to gauge what we have in this team, kind of similar to where you guys are at with the Eagles because – Arthur Smith took a pretty hard approach of not playing any of the starters. So we got to see Pitts who we call our unicorn for all of one play, but it was like a 30 30 30 yard run something along those lines and he looked amazing in that one play, but he certainly took the approach of, you know, keep the starters on the bench, make sure there's no massive injuries and I don't think we've seen any of his playbook at all, so we don't we don't really know what we have because we haven't seen these guys together. So that this this week one game is going to be really interesting for both teams because it certainly does seem like we're about on the same level and it could go either way really. But um yeah, Graham and I were both we were both of the mindset at the draft that we didn't want to take a quarterback just cuz the Matt Ryan contract, you there's no way around it right now for the next couple of years. So so taking Pitts was a good call, especially with replacing Julio, so we, uh, we're excited to see what he can do week one.
1: Yeah, I mean, people were pushing that quarterback you know, message in Atlanta that they needed to draft a quarterback, and I never understood it. I mean, the whole dead cap situation, Carson Wentz set the record for the most dead cap history in history of the NFL. Matt Ryan would blow it out of the water. So it didn't make sense. And then, I mean, Ryan's still a yeah. good quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, he can still throw the ball well. Um, he can still be a starter. And um, there's no reason to get him out of the starting role two years quicker than he should because now if you draft Justin Fields Trey Lance then you're wasting the first two years of his rookie contract on just sit on the bench because Matt Ryan deserves to play so um yeah I'm I'm glad we're on the same page because I thought that was just a little little overblown and Kyle Pitts I mean I think he's gonna end up being one of the best playmakers out of this draft class 10 years from now
0: Yeah, we could definitely use more people like you in Atlanta. There's there's a there's very vindictive people out there who don't like Matt Ryan who blame him for everything. They think that it's his fault. He's never hasn't had you know more than like two or three good offensive lines in his life, or that his defense has consistently been one of the worst uh, in the league throughout his career. Um, So it's nice to hear some a little bit of Matt Ryan appreciation because this man we have people that listen to the show that really are just anti Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, you know. See, every year, almost throws for five thousand yards. Won an MVP. Has been consistent as they come. Been very durable. Won multiple playoff games. We won't go into the twenty eight three debacle. But um, you know, it doesn't matter what he does. He could have won three Super Bowls and people would still hate his ass. It's it's really funny how that the perception of that Ryan in this town is sometimes with some people. Um, one thing I was curious about is is sort of like our offensive line is very. Uh, we got like three new people on our line, um, or I guess two new people on our line, but one was kind of injured off and on last year, uh, in particular this guy Jalen Mayfield, who's going to be lining up against um, Fletcher Cox, which I'm very nervous about, and I definitely think that's a an area where Philly can certainly take advantage of. Our offensive line. I I heard you guys had a bit of a down year defensively compared to previous years last year. What do you think? What's your perception going into this year with the defensive line?
1: Yeah, so last year I think the struggle was the secondary was so poor. Um, A lot of injuries as well. So it was easy for offenses to pick the Eagles apart because coverage would break apart so quickly. Um, They didn't give the defense the three seconds to get into the backfield, make any plays, get any pressures. Um, But I mean, it's pretty much the same defensive line that we've seen in 2020. So Fletcher Cox, obviously, Javon Hargrave at D tackle with him, um, Brandon Graham on the outside, and then the uh, the duo of uh, Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, I mean, whoever is going to be getting more playing time there opposite Brandon Graham. Um, they're, it's an extremely talented defensive line. Um, there's not a whole lot of depth. So the Eagles can't rotate pass rushers like they did their Super Bowl year when they were so productive because they had just – a massive amount of talent that they could always keep on the field um, so I think it'll be a good test of determining how much these players can play because um, Fletcher Cox as great as he is he's struggled in years past of number one staying healthy but number two just staying on the field due to his conditioning and um, when he's off the field I mean the Eagles defense looks drastically different um, when he's playing sometimes it looks like he doesn't do anything if he's not getting any sacks but Um, You take them off, and there's no pressure up the middle, and quarterbacks look 10 times better. So it all starts with him, and
0: then uh, hopefully the secondary can hold up behind them. Do you think the secondary is a concern going into this game? Because we we feel like with um, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and Pitts and our other tight end, Hayden Hurst, is no slouch either, that we feel like we could potentially open the game up big time with the passing game uh against your secondary. Yeah.
1: Um something I'm very worried about because Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's going to get his. I mean, he there's no doubt about it. He's going to score. Um he's going to get plenty of yards. There's not really a linebacker on the Eagles team right now that stands out and says, "Okay, you can cover Kyle Pitts" because to truth be told, there's not many players in the league that can <laughs> cover Kyle Pitts. So, um and you've seen the Eagles, I'm not sure how, how much you guys kept up with them no. last <laughs> year, but Um, last year they gave up two or three touchdowns to Tyler Higbee with the Rams they gave up four touchdowns to Chase Claypool who basically played tight end his entire career at Notre Dame so um, they're very very poor against tight ends and now they're playing the first week against a team that has two very good tight ends um, which is a very very big issue to me Um, I'm glad you brought up Calvin Ridley I wanted to ask you about him because It's going to be a good matchup, him and Darius Slay. Darius Slay had an okay year last year, his first year with the team. Um, I think against worse competition, he really showed out that he is, you know, an elite corner. And then you put him on later in the season, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and he just didn't look good. Um, And it was a concern that the Eagles are paying him all this money. I mean, at the time when they extended his contract, he was the highest paid corner. In the NFL and that was that lasted for about a week but he's getting paid top five money and just wasn't being locked down when he should be Um, and Calvin Ridley is gonna be a big test for him because he's a speedy receiver I mean last year I forget what the number the numbers were but first eight weeks I mean he scored almost like at least one touchdown a game so um, it'll be interesting to see what they do I mean I think Slay might need some help over the top against Calvin Ridley for sure
2: yeah, that, that's what we're really banking on is because if you put help over the top on Ridley, that's going to open up one of those tight ends. So it's like like we've never seen him. Obviously, Julio Jones is, used to be on the other side of the field with Ridley, so now that's not there. But we still played enough games last year where Calvin's been the number one before. Um, so it's, it's a huge opportunity for him. But like I said, I, I still just don't know is if this offensive line can't hold up because we got to establish the run. And if we can't do that against your defensive front, I mean, it's just going to be Matt Ryan running around all day, which that's, you know, that's not going to end well for us. So I, it seems like it's going to come down to the de- your defensive line versus offensive line. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. And with that O-line, I mean, I want to ask you guys about the running backs because it seems like, when the wheels fell off of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman ended up leaving in free agency, it's kind of been a makeshift backfield. I mean, tried it with Todd Gurley. Um, it's Mike Davis now, correct? Um, right. So what are you expecting out of your running back group uh, for this game?
0: Well, we're excited about Mike Davis. We, we've known him for a while just because he was the backup at Carolina. He's always a solid guy behind McCaffrey. Played a lot for McCaffrey last year. He totaled over 1,000 yards through the, the ground and the air combined. Um, so, we're looking forward to seeing what he's got. And he's, you know, he's never been a feature back. He's never been the lead back by default. So, this will be the first year he's done that. There was a uh, two thousand, and we were talking about this earlier today. There, there's kind of this uh, symbiosis a little bit with the first year of Matt Ryan's career, with uh, Michael Turner came over from the Chargers, who was a backup to LaDanian Tomlinson his whole career, came to the Falcons and rushed for 2,000 yards. We don't think that's going to happen with, with Mike Davis necessarily. But it's, it's an eerily similar situation. It feels like um, for a while, like in between the Todd Gurley years and the – or it's not – yeah, in between Todd Gurley last year and um, when we had Steven Jackson, we had this nice combo of, of Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, but it never felt like we had that guy we could rely on like Turner, and it would be interesting to see what happens with Mike Davis if he can really take that next step. Once again, you know, the offensive line is going to have to play a huge role in that, but I've always liked the, the him a lot. We also got Cordarrelle Patterson to be sort of our gadget back or, or receiving back, and to, to back up Mike Davis um, on the ground too. So I like I like the where our running back uh, tandem is sort of going compared to where it used to be. Because last year was really frustrating with Gurley. He got like I think ten touchdowns or something, but he was just he was just woefully inconsistent. Like he was averaging like two point eight yards per carry he scored a touchdown when he shouldn't have when we were trying to run down the clock. It was it was just it was so annoying. But we're we're really looking forward to seeing what Mike Davis can do um in in this role as, as a lead back. It's just if nothing else is something new. It's not like Devontae Freeman's falling off a cliff. It's it's not, you know, Todd Gurley at the end of his rope. It's not Steven Jackson at the end of his rope and we had him. Um so it's good to see, I think.
2: Yeah, we also came to the realization today that all three of our backs we had last year uh, are no longer in the league. So it was just running out some of the the biggest trash you can. So I think, yeah, Mike Davis is viable. Patterson is a real deal. And then we got Wayne Gallman as well from the Giants, who's pretty good uh, pass catching back out of the backfield. So it's it's an improvement. And, uh, you know, we're excited about that at least.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to hear, uh, before we get into maybe some score predictions, do you guys have any bolder predictions for the game and maybe – one player you're really excited to see, whether they're new or
0: returning, just someone you're ready to see on the f- football field again? I definitely think, you know, the obvious answer is Kyle Pitts, and why not? I mean, just that one play, turned a four-yard pass into a 27-yard gain, and he's a tight end. Uh, can't wait to see what he does. They've talked all offseason about how they're going to use him on the line, you know, in traditional tight end set, and then also put him out wide in the slot way out wide you know it's like they're going to use them all over the place and I just can't wait to see how this offense looks we've had such a stagnant offense the last couple years largely due to Dirk Cutter who was our former offensive coordinator just you know he's just a guy who lived uh, like the NFL was in the 1990s like it's just no innovation on his offense so we're really excited to have a you know forward-thinking coach to put you know this guy that we're I think we're going to start billing around for drafting the fourth overall. You know, and Kyle Pitts. I mean, that, that's the guy I really want to see more than anybody.
2: Yeah, then Mike Davis is the one for me, just because with our defense the last few years, they've been so terrible, just because we can't control the pace of play at all. Because we had zero running games. so we get to the fourth quarter and it's just, you know, that's how we blew so many, you know, twenty point leads. Like we blew like four fourth quarter leads last year, and I think a lot of it was because of the running game. So if Mike Davis can look like he did against us whenever we saw him last year with the Panthers, we're going to be in business, I think. So what about you with the Eagles?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to echo Graham a little bit and talk about Eagles tight ends. So the whole Zachert situation was um, a little bit confusing to me this whole past year, obviously was one of the top tight ends in the league. And then last year he comes out and, um, was a little bit banged up. He wanted a new contract, but he was on the field more often than not. And when he was on the field, he just, he was not running routes the way he, he used to be. Um, despite, you know, after looking at some stats after the year, um, he did, well, he was top five in the league as well one tight ends for um, yards per route and separation. So he was getting open, but there was always that disconnect between him and Carson Wentz. And um, I wasn't sure if he was just losing it, um, if Wentz was not hitting him or if it was a little bit of both, and um, he just looked like he did not wanna be in Philly anymore. And then he ends up staying. We see last week, Zach Ertz said that he wants to retire in Eagle, um, which is a bit surprising to people, but I think he's still gonna be productive. I mean, I think he's not super old. I mean, obviously Dallas Goddard, I think, is going to surpass him in uh, snaps and targets this year, but I think Ertz is gonna have a pretty good, you know, chance of contributing on this team. And I think Jalen Hurts, I mean, from what I've seen from reports over training camp, he's been targeting him heavily, um, especially in the red zone. And he's been becoming one of his top targets among with uh, Devontae Smith, which he already had a connection with from their days at Alabama. So um, I think my bold prediction was is uh, Zach Ertz is going to surprise some people, come out of nowhere Mm. and score two touchdowns against the Falcons. Um, I think that'll just be – just a just a very random performance um, after not even thinking that he's going to be on the team. And then um, I'll say that Kyle Pitts scores one touchdown, and Zach uh outscores him there.
0: I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, our safeties are uh, Eric Harris and this guy, Duran Harmon, who are totally new to us. are both over 30. I think Harris was on the Raiders. Harmon was on the Lions last year. Not exactly too uh, defenses renowned for their secondary. So... Um, it could be open season potentially for tight ends. Where does that leave Dallas Godert, though? Uh, I don't know if I said his name right, but I always liked the way he played, too. Is he kind of just second fiddle again, or, or what's the depth chart like? So I think he'll
1: definitely start. Um, he provides now, right now, he provides more value to the Eagles because he's fantastic at blocking. And early in his career, that was his main purpose, was because Zach Ertz was getting all the targets. I mean, the first year that he was in the league, Zach Ertz. Um, broke the tight end reception record. So um, he was basically just on the line blocking. um, But uh, they did use him a lot, and when Zach Ertz didn't get hurt, he had several injuries over the past couple of years. I mean, one year he broke his ribs or something, and Dallas Goddard stepped in for the last two games of the season, and it was just big play after big play. I mean, he definitely showed that he could be a starting tight end, and that's what I think people were excited about this year was because, okay, he's no longer in the shadow of Zach Ertz. Like, he can actually – show people, you know, I can catch the ball eight times a game and be a top tight end in this league. And um, I think he will end up, when it's all said and done, he will probably get more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns than Zach Ertz. But I don't see why they can't keep both on the field like they have in the past mm-hmm. three years. I mean, they, they're both super talented. They both have their pros and cons. And, um, you know, with a almost a rookie quarterback in Jalen Hurts, because he didn't play that much last year, a very new quarterback in a new system, give him all the weapons that he needs. And uh, Zach Ertz has been one of the best tight ends in the game. So uh, I don't see why you keep him off the field.
0: Is, is Devontae Smith the number one receiver?
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, um, I think you're going to see the Eagles roll out um, the first play with Devontae Smith, um, Jalen Rager, first-round pick last year, and then uh, the two tight ends with Goddard and Ertz.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we have A.J. Terrell as our number one cornerback who's from Clemson and had a really good season last year. Uh, I think this is his second year, and um, it's just going to be cool to watch two, you know, guys who are figuring their way through the league match up against each other one on one. It'd be a great test for for Terrell because we're really banking on him kind of spearheading the the, at least the secondary from a cornerback standpoint. He's definitely the most talented player of anyone in our secondary, so I'm I'm looking forward to that matchup.
1: Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, Devontae Smith, he uh, he concerned me a little bit. Um, I kind of wanted to stay away from him pre-draft because of his his size. I mean, he's probably three inches taller like than me six foot yeah six foot one 170 i mean yeah. that's my weight and i'm <laughs> three inches shorter than him so i was like
2: and and not an nfl player yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not
1: taking hits from you know big linebackers safeties corners so and not getting pressed at the line so that's why i was like oh and then i was like all over kyle pitts i thought that you know there's no way a tight end goes top five and then he he did uh was all over jamar chase and now it looks like the eagle i mean he hasn't played uh a real nfl game yet but i mean the preseason is just atrocious He can't hold on to the football so um i'm, I'm excited to see Devonte smith hope he stays healthy hope he can handle bigger competition um in the league but uh i think his best attribute is his route running which the eagles have not had a good route runner since i would say like jordan matthews years mm-hmm. and years ago so um it's going to be a much added bonus
2: and are you pretty confident in jalen hurts overall like I guess I don't fully understand what happened to Wentz. Can you kind of talk us through that whole controversy, I guess? Because I, I was also surprised with the bringing in of Minshew because it seems like you just got out of this quarterback controversy and now potentially starting up another one when you had a, already had a pretty solid backup in Flacco. So it's just from an outsider's pr- perspective, it's a little uh, perplexing.
1: Yeah, so basically from what I understand in 2020, long story short, was – Carson Wentz, just because of his injury history, the torn ACL, the broken back and seeing Nick Foles take over the team two years in a row and take them to number one, a Super Bowl, then number two, a very close uh, playoff game the first week. Um, you know, actually, they won the game. It was that double doink against the Bears. Um, so you see Carson Wentz just on the sideline two years in a row um, after having an MVP year in 2017, didn't win the award, but he was, you know, he was up there. And... Um, so already mentally, he's not he's not all together because he wants to be the guy, but he just never had the opportunity to do so. And then you have Jalen Hurts. And uh, you know people in the Eagles organization said that during practices, Jalen Hurts came out, he played every single practice like he was a starting quarterback. He was a leader, he didn't take reps off, and he just, he showed that he is a true quarterback. And Carson Wentz took a lot of, he was very sensitive to that and um was looking over his shoulder like okay i got another nick Foles on my hand and if i go down you know yeah. people are going to fall in love with him so um as carson went started to struggle they bring in jalen hurts and he the stats weren't great i mean especially the completion percentage that's what people are knocking him on but he came out and he showed that he has something to offer to this team and he lit a spark they beat the saints which were in my opinion the best team in the nfc at that point um in the league and then uh you know, this year, they bring in Flacco, which reminded me of the Josh McCown signing, just a veteran, just kind of mentor Jalen Hurts. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, Gardner Minshew comes in. And um, he's someone that, yeah. I mean, if they never drafted Trevor Lawrence, he was going to be the starter, no question about it. I mean, there was still, I mean, there, there was really no debate that Trevor Lawrence would be starting, but Urban Meyer was treating it this offseason like it was a competition. Um, so there's still some very small uh, possibility that he was going to be the starter, ends up getting traded. And um, I don't know. It's interesting. I think right now with another week in the NFL season, you have COVID you have to deal with again, um, that it doesn't hurt to have another quarterback because if Jalen Hurts goes down or has to miss two weeks, you have some of that can actually win football games because I don't think Joe Flacco is winning anything at this point in his career. Um, But it is like I hope Hurts truly has that championship mindset and he could handle it because obviously Wentz didn't and it just – Blew up the Eagles' season.
2: Yeah, hopefully he can just take it and run with it, and there's no debate at all going forward.
0: I said today I think we can win eight games, but it's a lot of stuff has to go right. Our depth got exposed, like we said. We like, we didn't play hardly any of our starters in in preseason, and um, if if any one of consequence goes down, hell, if any one of the starters goes down, seemingly. Like we are just so more exposed than we already are, and we already are exposed in a number of areas. So it's really contingent on health, I think, and also this new you know regime really getting the most out of out of the players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line. Um, So you know, in a super optimistic, you know, the ceiling for me is is eight wins. The floor, you know, if if things are disastrous, you're probably in the three or four range. but you know, the biggest thing for us is seeing some sort of, you know, some sort of evolution of of the style of play here, because it's the last three years it's just been we're out of it by October, and that's really frustrating for the fan base. And there's a lot of apathy in Atlanta around the Falcons, particularly with the Hawks going on the run. They've gone on the Braves consistently doing well, almost getting the World Series last year. Uh, this fan base needs the Falcons to to do something to really get them going again. So, and even if we don't make the playoffs and we only win eight games, that would at least show some progress is happening for the first time in like four seasons. Um, how about you? What What do you think? What's the ceiling and floor for you guys?
1: Um, I've been telling people seven wins for the Eagles. I think that's pretty realistic. I'm not expecting them to come out and show people that they're this great team coming out of the NFC because right now they got a lot of things to deal with. And I, I always think that teams with new head coaches have some growing pains. I mean, very rarely you make the playoffs your first year. So um, <clears throat> I think about seven wins, I mean, I think their ceiling would be around that nine or 10 mark just because they do have talented players. They have two of the most talented lines um, in the league, both offense and defense. So that'll help them if they, if they stay healthy. Um, but the floor, I mean, it, it relies on Jalen Hurts and it relies on the health of the secondary again. So if both of those blow up, um, like we saw last year with Wentz and a secondary. I mean, I don't see them making it past five or six wins um, because that it's truly
0: um, what they need <clears throat> for those two groups to play well. Cool. Well, I think let's get to some predictions on the, on the game here. So the spread's three and a half points for whatever that's worth. Matt, um, what are you thinking? I've been going back and forth.
1: Um, I think the Eagles have a slight advantage because uh, I think their offense just lines up better against the Falcons' defense, and I think they'll be able to put just some more points on the board. Um, the Falcons have weapons, but the Eagles, like we mentioned, their D-line is just, um, it, it can be so dominant. It has the possibility to be dominant. So it might give Matt Ryan some um, issues trying to connect with Kyle Pitts for the first time. Um, for an NFL game. So I'm going to say it's going to be pretty high scoring. Um, I'll give it 31 Eagles,
0: uh, 27 Falcons. Adam, I know you'd you never like to give a prediction on a game, but I'll ask you just to be nice.
2: Yeah, I, I won't give a score, um, but I do feel like, like we said, it, it could go either way. I, I think as lame as it sounds, playing at home is going to be some weird difference maker, and uh, I, I don't fully trust – jalen hurts yet granted i haven't really watched him play so what do i know but i've, I've, I've taken matt ryan's experience over uh jalen hurts inexperience in this one so i think i think we win a high scoring affair uh but it'll be close
0: yeah i'm kind of in the same same but i think it's gonna i think it is gonna i think the over under is like 48 and a half i think it's over that i think it's like 34 31 falcons is what i'm gonna say I expect both offenses to, to to put up some serious points, and this should be a, a fun barn burner uh, at the end of the day, and a nice way to kick off Week One football. Regardless of what happens, I think it's going to be a close game.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm just I want to see uh, obviously the Eagles back in action, but I'm super excited to see Kyle Pitts from just from an NFL fan standpoint. I mean, this is going to be a really good game to open up the season with.